it's going to take a lot to change and adapt. I mean, it is it is going to take every ounce of our being and take you need to take care of yourself. You need to teach your kids how to take care of yourself. You need to like let them scream sometimes, you know, frustration and anxiety do not go away because you hide from it. You got to deal with it. Welcome back to the Balance Boldly podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Thigpen, the number one balance and relationship advisor in the world, here to help you continue to move past that seat of just barely surviving your mundane relationships, your burnout, your imposter syndrome, all the stuff that has you stuck in this space that isn't serving your greatness into that space where you can thrive with freedom, flexibility, and the confidence to have everything that you deserve in your work life and in your love. Today is a very special day for me. This month is an extremely special month. For those of you who have been following the Balance Bully podcast for a little while, you know, you guys know we've been around since 2012 uh, with various renditions of this show. Se- September is like my new year. I know a lot of people wait until January to kick themselves off and, you know, to come up with new resolutions and all kinds of things. For whatever reason, and I'm not completely sure of all the reasons. September has always felt like a blank slate, fresh start for me. So when I'm coming out of my self-lovecation, you know, birthday, anniversary, love things with my husband in the summer and getting ready to launch in September, I feel new and fresh and clean. Like this should be the, the greatest start of everything. So I've kind of adopted it as my new year. And because of that, When September rolls around, you guys are used to me doing every episode, those four or five weeks, depending on how the the year sets up, of our Wednesday releases as a selfish solo narrative, where I'm just kind of ranting, teaching you all the things that I've learned, the mistakes I've made, the flaws, the things I fixed, the things I felt like I should fold in, and, you know, bringing you into that space of gratitude with me for all the blessings that came from those lessons that I learned throughout, you know, my version of a year from September to September. This month, because of everything that is going on, I mean, I'm sure at this point, because it's the end of the year, no one is questioning that the global pandemic, the social unrest, the political chaos, and all of the microaggressions that all of us have experienced in one way or level, regardless of which door or window or rooftop or slithering dumpster through the basement that it was coming through has really shifted us. It shifted us into this space of confusion and on some levels, a little bit of chaos. And for all of you out there, especially my parents, men and women, because we do service our ambitious women in business and a few brave men, and a lot of you are papas out there. I understand that because of the restrictions that have been put on us for our safety and our well-being and and all the things that we're trying to figure out with this COVID-19 virus and everything else that's kind of spurred out of that, you have been propelled and thrusted into this other state that you weren't expecting. Let's move past the work drama for a second, right? Like the fact that some of you have been uh, deferred or laid off or The job has just shifted altogether and the workload is completely different for those of you who are blessed to still have your job. Let's move that to the side for a little bit. And just talking to you who are caregivers, especially caregivers of little people, you became teachers, counselors, you know, big sisters, big brothers, best friends. You know, you became all these other roles that you had to take on in addition to being a parent. And I know specifically and intimately how challenging that could be but not as much as my special guest. So although you guys are not used to me having a guest in September, I felt like it was imperative for me to do something different and to shake things up according to the shift that we just all got thrusted into to make sure that I brought you a phenomenal resource. In addition to the fact that she is fly and we are wearing the same color, I think you will really love and appreciate her complete dossier. Her resume is beyond what I could even begin to speak forth. So I'll just give you a little bit of a teaser. Dr. Lisa is compassionate. She is a leader. 
She's an expert in every area of resiliency that you can think of, specifically when it comes to strengthening our families and preventing so much of the heartache and trauma and unnecessary drama that comes up for all of those, at least American families. And I know that she goes above and beyond as well, but speaking for most of our listeners who are based in the US, her 38 plus years of research, advocacy and program implementation compares to no other. I have to say that I am a little biased because in addition to her being a clinician, the same as myself, she is also coming from the background of social work. She has her PhD in social work from Ohio State University, a master's in social work and a master's in public admin administration, I was gonna shorten it, from University of Denver and a bachelor's of science in psychology from Georgetown University. We have so many layers of commonality that it is sickening and I love it times two mainly because all of that and all the stuff that I'm not even going to have a chance to share with you about her bio in and, in and of itself is so that she can continue to do the greater work. Dr. Lisa, I have to thank you and honor you for you carving out this time on such short notice. I really do appreciate you. Thank you for showing up on the Balance Bully podcast show today. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure being here because thank I think you. your reach is fantastic and is a soulmate sister in social work it's really important to support families people are struggling more than they've ever been before yeah and i'm so glad to be levels. here to talk about it on all levels mm. Mm -mm -mm. i'm so grateful uh this is no perfect time right like no more no more perfect time than right now with this being the start of a school year um coming out of a chaotic summer for a lot of whatever piecemealing situation parents were trying to put together for the littlest children up to the teenagers and the college age kids that are now back home and trying to figure out life back with parents and all the layers of stress that comes with that. I would love for you to just take some time and share with the listeners how you show up in the world with the national work that you do. Well, um, I run an organization called Parents Anonymous, which was started 51 years ago by parents with social workers to say, how can we come together when life hits us from all directions? And that could be a divorce. That could be a loss of a job. That could be just a personal struggle that people have. Now we have this pandemic. We in our lifetime have never experienced a pandemic and what this means. You know, when they closed schools and sheltered people in all over this country in March, did anybody think it was going to last more than a couple weeks or maybe three? And now we're talking about unending changes in our day-to-day -day life. So what we do at Parents Anonymous is, first of all, we have a national parent helpline. So 12 hours a day, seven days a week, we can talk to people and provide them with emotional support. And we're mm -hmm. all about supporting people in their journey. Your journey, my journey is so different. We're not about telling people they're doing things wrong. We're surely not about blaming and shaming people in this country. And I think that's why we've been around so long. If you happen to live in California, you can also sign up to go to an online weekly support group, which is free for two hours a week if we have the room. And you can go to the website, caparentyouthhelpline.org. That was developed, the California work was developed in sponsorship with our governor who said we went to them and said we need a first responder system for parents mm -hmm. and their kids and targeted to parents because i think oftentimes parents are sort of left behind oh yes you know if i'm feeling stressed i can go there if i can go there it's like you pulling me in all these directions but i'm leading with my role as parent yes i am woman i am a man i'm a husband i'm a spouse i'm a, a partner I'm a sister, I'm a brother, I'm a daughter, a son of somebody, of course. But when parents are out there like they're doing now with schools opening and all these restrictions saying, I don't know which way to turn. I don't know what to do. Layered on top of now people are being honest about institutional racism. Let's not forget about sexism and let's surely not forget about classism because poor people in this country are not treated the same. Women are blamed for 99% of the problems children have. And therefore the mother didn't do something or grandma didn't do something or some mother did not do something before they even turn around and blame it on others. And I think that that's what this country has been like. But now people are saying, I'm sitting at home, I'm trying to work. My kids mm -hmm. are knocking on the door. 
is your teacher really available? What's my obligation? What's the school's obligation about educating me? And then some of the teachers are saying, well, I, I've got kids too. It's like, but you're getting paid to do a job. So people are getting pitted against each other yeah. because daycares, are they really open? Are they really safe? Look at the colleges that opened around this country and in three days flat, they closed. They're like, well, we had one person in a dorm room. Well, we know that the 18 to 39 year old group are some of the biggest spreaders and they socialize in large groups. It turns yeah. out the youngest children are not big spreaders. They don't understand why they think it's something about the biology of your nose that preschoolers tend to stay farther apart, tend to be able to wear a face mm -hmm. covering and tend to comply more in those situations. When you think about when you, you sent your kids to preschool, they had, mm -hmm. you know, ear infections, you know, mm -hmm. sore throats, how many times they get stepped through it. But somehow when it comes to coronavirus, but everybody is feeling pressured. So what we're about, Nikita, is helping people decide, well, what is your value? What mm -hmm. is it that's important to you and your family? And that's not the same for us. What is the safety concerns? What are the health issues you face? You live with several generations of your family. You're concerned about grandma who lives with you or an aunt who's been helping you out. And you're thinking, great, can they be around the kids? Can they be around other people? You have college-age children who come home and they want to go out yeah. to socialize and come back to your home. What are all those challenges? And there are many. And sorting them out through a family meeting with the adults in the family, the head adults, not the college adults, right? <laughs> those kinds of determinations, and trying to engage everybody in um, to understand what this is about. It's the same thing when we talk about addressing racism or prejudice. Mm -hmm. It is really important that the parents first deal with those feelings themselves. That's right. How do they feel about the way they're treated every single mm -hmm. day as a person of color, as an indigenous person or whatever? as a woman, as mm -hmm. a person who may be considered low income and how are they seen? So parents need to get a grip on their own feelings so they can talk about it with their kids. So it's not a secret. So why are those people fighting over there? There are so many shootings. I mean, you can't go a day without hearing about another shooting of a protester, of an innocent person, of a child in the backseat, three children, while their father's getting shot seven times. Seven times, you just took the words out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. trauma is so mm -hmm. high level. But yeah. then there's resilience. I wanna talk mm -hmm. about resilience for a minute. Yeah, definitely. When people think about resilience is only my ability to get ready for the next, you know, Murphy's Law. Something bad's gonna happen and I've just gotta get ready for it. It's like, mm -hmm. or, or, or did I bounce back from it? To me, resilience is like the tree. The tree has two important points, the roots and all the different roots you have, your role as mother, your role as um, professional, your role as caregiver, your role as sibling, your role as all these different roles and how you strengthen it, how you see community, spirituality, all the relations that are important to you, you define those roots. Well, we got to nurture those roots, right? Yeah. We got to water those roots. We got to keep them strong. The upper part of the tree is when things do happen. Yes, the wind and the rain and the animals come. Some trees don't survive a fire, minus a natural catastrophe, a natural mm -hmm. disaster. The trees are gonna survive through that because they'll be able to bend because the roots are strong. That's so right. resilience is about building all those roots and making all those plans and being able to accommodate when those things happen. It's not just a negative thing of, um, bouncing back. So we talk about building on your strengths. And as parents, we all need to sit down and say, well, what are our strengths? Yeah. You know, and if you're in a couple, maybe one person is better with homework than you are. One person is better with bedtime than you are. And, you know, figuring out those strengths and not having the parents who are working together, always fighting and figure out, you know, you're better at night. I'm better in the morning. You're better with homework than I'm better with math. You're better with this. I can't deal with that teacher. She never answers me. I'm annoyed with her on and mm -hmm. on and on. So mm -hmm. people are interacting in different kinds of ways. They're in closer quarters than they've ever been um, constantly day in and day out. 
you know, the relief is maybe walking around outside of your house or maybe safely in your neighborhood, taking a walk, taking a break. But your children who are under seven can't do that alone. And if they're under 12, they can't do that alone. And so how do you engage that? I think we are just, we need to cut ourselves a break. I love that it's selfish September. <laughs> being selfish is self-care. Yes. And yes. selfish has a dirty um, connotation to it. Oh, mm -hmm. you're selfish. You're mm -hmm. just, you know, worried about this and that. You know, it's mm -hmm. like um, calling out working women. All they want is the money. That's why they work. It's excuse me. Oh, my goodness. We work. We are contributing. And we work because we get satisfaction from that. And that's who we are. The people who choose not to work, that's their choice. And they get satisfaction other ways. We don't want to pit one group of people against the other. Because that's mm -hmm. what's happening with this violence. Mm -hmm. You know, people are using hate. Um, mm -hmm. And hate is in their heart and in their mm -hmm. actions. A 17-year-old boy, a mm -hmm. boy killed mm -hmm. two people and is walking around with a rifle. And these exactly. police and people are walking by and they don't think abnormal about that. Because we're not Spain where you can't own a gun. Well, and we're not Canada where you cannot own a gun. Listen, divisiveness is celebrated, right? Like when you think about social media and when you go on, the thing that's getting the most traction is usually, usually something negative, something that exactly. is encouraging hate or some questionable integrity or lack of morals or something. That's what's getting put in this this rival camp and then the thing that's like really good and the little boy i can't remember his name right now i feel bad but he was just such a cutie the one that was like i'm going to practice not stuttering anymore because joe biden oh, used to you, stutter it's so amazing exactly. let's see what that show whether you're politically correct exactly. or not mm -hmm. some adult was helping a kid and saying yep. hey I am stutter, and here's a few things I did, and I know where it is. And this kid is saying, oh my God, look at this adult who's accomplished a lot. But even if the person had not accomplished, just somebody right. in the neighborhood said that to the kid, mm -hmm. they cared. Yeah. In Parasoms, we have to say, in the giving, you get. So mm. when you're nice to me today, and you smile, and you're, you're pleasant with me, the first person who benefits is you. That's yeah. basic science. When you open the door for somebody, or I drop my groceries in front of you, pick it up. First thing, you feel good. Yep. That's what reaching out is about, that you feel good. And secondarily, I'm so grateful you're helping with my groceries. I don't feel like an idiot and somebody's helping me. Terrific. And yeah. even if the person doesn't smile back or engage, you're doing things to raise the serotonin in your brain, all those neurotransmitters to help you be happy. And people should be laughing out loud. You know that, Nikita. I know. It doesn't even matter. I'm faking. Faking laughter is better than doing nothing because they, they put electrodes on people's head. They've done science on this. They said, yeah, definitely. Laughing, fake laughing, smiling. These things don't cost anybody a dime. You don't need to have a higher level degree. It's like meditation. I tell people all the time, find an app you like, do it consistently. They're just a few little tricks that I teach people to do, like don't lie down because you'll fall asleep and then you won't be meditating. Right. Um, we just, right. <laughs> if people want to learn about meditation on the YouTube channel, Parents Anonymous, I did a Facebook live last week for 21 minutes to explain meditation and then lead people through a meditation. We had about mm -hmm. 1500 views. It's great. It's like, why not? Yeah. Everybody's feeling anxious and depressed. Mm -hmm. Meditation mm -hmm. has been proven, lowers anxiety and depression. No pill, no doctor, yeah. no degree. You like mm -hmm. this meditation, do that. You like the voice of that person, do that. I say find some music, usually not words, so that you can follow your breathing or go to a guided meditation. There's all kinds of apps out there. You don't like that one, do another one. You like this one, do this. Make up your own. Um, people need to do those things to make themselves whole because this is not stopping. Tomorrow. No, I, I love that you brought up, you know, the, the space of giving, right? Like I always say, give, give, grow, giving your energy, giving your resources when you're able and resources are not just financial, right? Could just be your time um, and grow in gratitude. And when you do those things, especially if it was unexpected, like you said, someone dropped some, something in front of them, you went to pick it up, 
regardless of whether or not that person is grateful to receive your help, the fact that you just increase your oxytocin makes you in a much better spirit. And we know we talk about love things all the time here on the podcast. I'm like, listen, go help somebody else and then go get the benefits from your husband. Like, go ahead. Like, <laughs> because exactly. you exactly. your and people think that when um, uh, it's very, you, I'm only doing this nice thing to this person. So they say nice things back. Well, that's the wrong thing to say. Because first, too, whether my neighbor needed toilet paper and I was running to the grocery store and she's got a 95-year-old dad, I went to the grocery. I felt so happy to buy the toilet paper. And then I rolled down my window and I just chucked it to her. And I, I felt, you know, <laughs> she was happy she got a free, you know, some, a pack of toilet paper. But those things that we do for ourselves make us kinder with others, make us care for others you know the whole thing like when the pilot says put your mask on first before you help the other person and when i ask people why do you think nikita the pilot said that it's at the end of the day you can't help anybody unless you help yourself but exactly but the pilot is saying something even more serious you could be dead Mm -hmm. if you don't put that mask on first he's telling you extreme things because it's oxygen what you're talking about is how can you love another if you don't love yourself? You can't be a giver if you can't even take care of yourself. That's true. The pilot is saying, wake up, people. You might not make it. By the time you put the mask on the other person, there might not be enough action for you to breathe. I mean, and people are saying, oh, I get that one, but I didn't think about it that way, how serious it is. But yeah. obviously in our life, resiliency is something people think well, you have to be really happy to have it. You have to have a really great life to have it. Everything has to be perfect. You need to, that's why I give the image of the tree. You mm-hmm. need to work on that every day. It's like mm-hmm. self-love. Mm-hmm. Cut yourself a break. And parents need to t- cut a break. School is not the r- way it used to be. Mm-hmm. More pressures are on you and your children. You know, I saw an interview with some kids and they said, mom and dad, do they remember we get recess and we do get breaks? Because they're just... <laughs> You know, they're on me like this because yeah. the parents were so adamant. You know, I didn't want my kid to lose out on anything. And parents are so dedicated. They were wearing themselves to a bone. Mm-hmm. The internet's going to go out. The Zoom is not going to work. Your kid's going to be frustrated that they can't hug their friends, right. talk to their friends, go out with their friends. Why can't the teacher just work with me one-on-one? I don't understand when she's on the screen showing right. the math. I got to look at everybody's faces. And that mm-hmm. can be very distracting. Yes, Think about kids who have ADHD or mm-hmm. any kind of learning challenge. There's no behavioral specialist coming to your house. Nobody right. wants to even be exposed. And in this country, we forgot Wi-Fi ain't free. Yeah. How about that? We make an assumption that everybody has access to it. And the What's schools, the I mean, they couldn't pivot fast enough in March to get packets or to get tablets or to Wi-Fi. One school district told me, oh, the parents can drive to the parking lot of the high school. It's free Wi-Fi. I'm thinking it's it's 100 degrees. It's California. You know, it's like June. I'm thinking like, and what's the parents supposed to be doing? Sitting in the car two hours while the kid's doing homework. And they've got three other children at home. So Mm -hmm. they're in the car with them and they're trying to entertain them while the one child is doing homework. I don't think that's going to work out. No. You know? At all. So I think people need to think beyond the practical. I mean, the problem is that some people have to go to work, Nikita. They right. can't be at home. So who's with those kids? Right. They work at Target. They work at CVS. They work at the grocery store. Or They're bank. serving so we yeah. can go buy our groceries. The mm-hmm. bank. Mm-hmm. Who's watching their kids if daycare is not open or Head Start's not open, or preschool's not open, and the school's expecting you, why aren't all your kids on all the time? Unfortunately, I saw in Massachusetts, a mom's kid did not sign on, and somebody Mm -hmm. reported her to child welfare for neglect. Are you kidding me is covering this. I'm not kidding. And then the school denied that they turned the parent in, and the parent said, the school's not helping me. And so I had a meeting, and so my older child was supposed to help the younger one sign on, but he got all involved in his classes mm-hmm. and he didn't do it. And then she went to a meeting. I mean, she's in the house. The mom is at a meeting and mm-hmm. then she gets reported and call, get called to get investigated. That's that what we ended up with this country. This, that the is schools and the parents ridiculous. need to try to get on the same side. 
Yeah. And, you know, everybody isn't. Either they're saying safety. Well, if I have to go to work and be around a bunch of people, why can't you have school with a bunch of people? So I, I work at the grocery store, you. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's going to take a lot to change and adapt. I mean, it is it is going to take every ounce of our being and take, you need to take care of yourself. You need to teach your kids how to take care of yourself. You need to, like, let them scream sometimes. You know, frustration and anxiety do not go away because you hide from it. you got to deal with it. And the parents are the first place to model that. And yeah. even though... You can't take care of every issue, you know, teach everybody how to do an affirmation. That's one of the most positive. Issues. I am happy. Yeah. I am whatever it is. Say it 21 times. So imprints on your brain, teach your kids to do that. They can brush their teeth and say That's it themselves. Right. I always say I'm anchors are something you do every day. Like brushing your teeth. That's right. Yeah. What? So Those when they come to so you, when they come uh, to you with, for the parents specifically, when they come to you, are they, are they come, when I say you, I mean your company, by the way, but when they come, are they coming for resources around how to increase their emotional management of current situations or get plugged into local resources to help them with that? Their first calling to have somebody listen to them, their first calling for emotional support. Yeah, because people either feel they don't have anybody else to talk to or their mate said, you're 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 like yelling at the kids when you come home from work. You're so stressed. You need to get help now. And you know what the waiting lists are like, even if you have insurance to get in to see a therapist, accessibility to even see somebody, see somebody over the, you know, mm -hmm. Zoom or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, people are looking for a they're, they're looking for that listening ear. Is yeah. somebody compassionate? Can they say, you're okay? And the act of calling us, we believe what we say in Parents Anonymous is asking for help is a sign of strength, that yeah. this is your strength. And I say, if you call the helpline and it's not enough, call again, call somebody else, et cetera. So at the end of the call, after people, have, we ask them, we're here to help you, not just problem solve, but what we talk about is dropping into your body to deal with your underlying emotional issues. This should be a safe place to do this. And you can text us and you can chat us too. You don't have to use the regular phone. If you're around your kids and other people and you want another way to communicate, you can do that. But first and foremost, pe people say, is this really a human being? They can't believe right. there's a exactly. real human being. And sometimes we're busy and you have to leave a message. But when people have that, they, they say, I can't believe you called me back. We'll check on people the next week. How are you? But if they do need a resource, we, we do have resources for people, but we realize that many things are not open. So play, it's very hard to find out. So we'll give people a resource, show them how they check on it to call us back, et cetera. If they're looking for an individual therapist and they have insurance, but they've never looked it up before, how they can look up how people are rated and you know yeah. how they might do that or they're just trying to ask you is this normal that my kid wants to go back to diapers and i spent you know six months potty training them well for your kid that might be normal and then they'll go through well what else is going on well you know their their dad is a first responder and he's not at home okay he's sleeping at the hotel for safety yeah. right he's a doctor a nurse a physical therapist he's somebody mm -hmm. works in the hospital and, you know, in many of the urban areas, they were, will put you up in a, in a hotel, but you're not going home. It's like, mm -hmm. hello. So people don't want to be exposed. That can be very wearing on young kids of all ages. And don't you know, somebody will call one son. He's totally motive of my daughter. She just wants to paint her nails all day. I, I can't keep <laughs> up with her. You know, right. is she doing her homework? Is she not? But this mm -hmm. is a time parents need to be very aware of the tablet. Because yeah. even if the school gave it to you, there are predators out there and they right. are finding lonely and isolated kids and who's not lonely and isolated today. And they are getting into the tablets. You think, Oh, the school doesn't have a firewall for everything. Mm -hmm. They will scan. They will, um, excuse me. They will scan where kids are going to different sites and they can warn parents. This is not a good site, but the parents need to be involved and talk to their kids. Where are you going? What is that chat room you're going to? Mm -hmm. Because now they have access to people. You have no idea who these people are. 
eyes right. on the prize, I always said with my kids. That's right. A friend Don't take was your just, eyes off where there are. Yeah, a friend was just saying, you know, her son is extremely bright, uh, 16, 17 years old, and, you know, you're a boy, you're hormonal, all the things, right? Pretty, pretty girl that is referred or connected to you from another chat room that you've been on for forever that you feel fine with. Uh, she starts pulling into, you know, my family doesn't understand me. I want to run away from home. She's saying all these things. We don't know, if, first of all, if this is an actual young girl, right? This could be right, a grown exactly. man sitting in a hotel somewhere pretending to be this other 16-year-old girl. Um, but she's pulling on his heartstrings, and his parents are greatly involved with him. They're cops, like they're like they're super involved. Yet he's still a young man, right? And the the person on the other end, whoever this person is still knows the buttons to push, but more than anything, they started to connect it that nobody understands me. I wish I had parents like yours. I really want respite. She was trying to get his address, right? Wow. She was trying to get his address. Like, can, can I just come? We don't have to go inside. Can I just come and we can sit outside? I mean, thankfully, you know, he was groomed better than that by the official groomers, his parents versus a predator grooming. So we never found out the end of how that story could have been, thankfully. But it was a whole situation and it's all all of this stuff is happening right now because so many of these normally well-versed, well put together, you know, emotionally strong for their developmental age kids are being sucked into being helpers of other children that might not be children. Right. Exactly. And, and you, you know, it's a you, whole issue. That's a very important point to point out. People think, well, my kid is pretty solid. I don't have to worry. But what you're pointing out is the fact that there are other predators and other people saying, I'm going to depend on you and make them feel so needy or so important that they're going to say stuff they never knew. Like, mm -hmm. you never answered the telephone when we had a landline and you never said, my mother's not home. You never right. said that. Right. You know, somebody says, I want to speak to your mother. Say, um, can I take a message? Is your mm -hmm. mother home? Are you home alone? No questions. It's like when you, when the door rings you don't open the door if you're a kid you look through the people right mm -hmm. and if you mm -hmm. don't you go get the parent to answer the door right. things like that we have to put those into place because uh, especially because kids are not in school six hours a day look mm -hmm. i'm just going to go up to the store i'm going to meet pence in the park you know I, I i can you know we'll be distant and that's the other thing is what people are doing um when they are distant or not or are they really wearing a face covering? And do you know that that child lives in a home with other people who are not exposed to COVID? Do you know that they, you know, that this multiple multiplicity effect doesn't exist? But I think you make a really good point that kids who are helpers have other kinds of needs. And there's a lot of downtime because the extracurricular activities they were in, maybe they're trying to play an instrument online. Very hard to do sports over Zoom right? You yeah, could exercise, right. you could do training for your chosen sport. People mm -hmm. have got to. So I say for parents, you know, the kids you knew or your kids who knew kids in school and the parents you knew, you need to set up your own kinds of social groups. So they're supportive of one another. Now, the kids who are older, they don't want their parents involved. I'm talking about like below right. 10, where <laughs> right. you might have to organize. Like, could we have a thing like every week where the families mm -hmm. do a game night or People mm -hmm. are trying to be really creative, not just with, so that they have kids your kid's age, and that's your connection. You have family, you have other relatives, you have neighbors, but maybe they're, those neighbors they have kids that are, yeah, they're, they're gone, they're older, mm -hmm. they're adults, and there's no connection. So, and always check in with your kids. It's so yeah. important to ask them, how are you feeling? Nothing, yeah. nothing's the matter. What, you know, it's like when you ask them, what happened at school? Nothing. You mm -hmm. gotta find another way in. What's your favorite artist? Show me a YouTube video that really interests you. What is something you, like you've been searching about? I want to know about your life. This is not a way just to monitor them, but to find that way in for the connection. Because yeah. even 10 and above, oh, don't bother me, mom. Oh, don't bother me, dad. Oh, you know. Oh, they're, they're so over rest. Yeah. Yeah. They're, but they're definitely over rest. Stay yeah. connected in this way because you don't have the normal other activities you might do to stay connected, like going to their game and rooting for them. Right. So they got a lot of sports, raises mm -hmm. oxytocin, helps kids um, level them out. 
They were on a team, so they felt wanted and needed. They had that competitive spirit. Oh, I can, and I can gain the skill and do much better at soccer, baseball, whatever it is, volleyball. I don't have any of that. So where do mm -hmm. I find those outlets to grow and feel not just schoolwork, but in other ways that I can get some happiness, some satisfaction and some self-care for kids. And I think we just mm -hmm. can't skip over and say, oh, they'll do fine. Yeah. And, you know, some of those things don't cost and you can start them yourselves. Like people have been very creative. They started these chalk drawings in neighborhoods. Which is really and they, cool. And they just put them on the Internet. You know, every city has this, you know, like, you know, websites and people are starting Facebook groups and yeah. saying, you know, I need to find people like the knit or anything. And I don't know. And, you know, my friends don't like to do that. I need to find new friends. How do you make mm -hmm. new friends? And you want to be safe about it, obviously. The safest way is that you see people so you know that person's an adult. You know that they're authentic yeah. if they're a stranger. But um, obviously, between, you know, Facebook not regulating certain things, um, mm -hmm. bots, you know, yeah. um, and um, parents seem to be really aware of uh, what they're doing. And again, there is some enjoyment to having making up new family traditions. The memories, right. I think these are the moments which I've been saying this pandemic is unsolicited for sure. No one planned or thought that we'd be here. Well, maybe some conspiracy theorists might've thought we'd be here one day, but for the most part, it was completely unsolicited. Just it's extremely disruptive, but there's a gift in it because there's so many of us that weren't slowing down enough to yes. sit with our children or, or with our spouses or with ourselves and just actually have time to breathe. You know, I hear all the time, I'm sure you do too, I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time for affirmations. I don't have time, like people will say they don't have time for the very things that are fueling them with the energy they need and the stores they need to be able to continue to dominate in whatever career or business or life or whatever it is that they have. But I hear it all the time. And now this has forced people to listen to themselves for better or for worse, right? Exactly. Like for better or for worse. And I like think that, <laughs> exactly. And people, you know, people say, oh, we're going to have a drinking party. Well, not with somebody who's had a drinking problem. They're not exactly. going to join your cocktail hour. Right. And people say, you know, they're eating more. They're exercising less. I think we've gone through this initial cycle, especially if you have kids. Yeah. Um, so because summer was different than school ending and OK, they learned whatever. Now school is starting. It's like you said, September for you is the new year. Well, I can wonder why it's like a lot of people summer has ended. That's a big vacation time. That's a big time when people like let it rip and do all kinds of things outside. And now they're starting back into the routine of work and school and what that's going to look like and um, how people need to seek help, seek asking for help. They just need to, and don't get turned away um, by um, somebody not speaking well to you, treating yeah. you, judging you, find somebody else. You know that people come, I have a private practice and say, well, how long have you been working on that issue? Oh, like 10 years. I'm like, well, you, why are you working on it for 10 years? The same thing. This person didn't sleep well. It's just an example. And I'm like, okay, if like in five or six sessions, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist, you don't feel you made any progress. You need to find somebody else because exactly. I'm not into selling things that just um you know i was just talking to a mom and she said my kid's been on a waiting list for a therapist for 12 months and i'm thinking like and they have insurance so oh, um wow. just because people even who have insurance or even have public insurance doesn't mean that there are therapists enough around it depends where you live in an urban city maybe but this therapist doesn't take that insurance and if you have public assistance they don't take that and then and you're People act like, well, why doesn't everybody just go get help? Well, A, the help might not be effective, and B, accessibility. There's exactly. an underutilization of services for a variety of reasons, and it starts with the fact that I, I just read an article in San Francisco. There's 70 therapists per 100,000 people, but in an average county in, in California, it's more like 15. Wow. So that means there are very few people accessible to help you and there's other ways of getting help. I'm gonna say everybody should go to therapy. People can start their own support groups. We're yeah. an evidence-based program which shows right. that parents build their resiliency 
So mm -hmm. um, people make up things all the time. I'm not against it, mm -hmm. but some people have very serious situations and, you know, I don't believe, I mean, I think people should have a choice. This makes yeah. me comfortable. That doesn't make me comfortable. Parasitomus is also very, what we call culturally responsive. Mm -hmm. Whoever walks in the door or on the screen and joins the program, whatever their values are, we're not about telling people you're right or wrong. We're about embracing what those are, whether you're Native American, mm -hmm. Latinx, African American, Asian family. Those values you have for your family and those could be a religious, um, your religion, it could be your lifestyle, it could be the values you have. Um, the question is, how are you nurturing yourself and your children? That's exactly. the only question we ask and embracing all those differences. I mean, one of the most beautiful things about parents Thomas is that people have told me for years, nobody cares what your degree is in. Once you get into group, it's like, nobody cares. Mm. You know, they don't care the color of your skin, nothing. We're all here to build this community of support. And if we're committed to that, all those isms and all those barriers go down. And if somebody acts that way, we don't accept that in parents Thomas and said, you can't, you know, we have, certain standards you can't talk like oh, that this course. is not yeah, keep trashing people or trashing others yeah exactly yeah. but people feel so isolated mm -hmm. so one thing about a support group is you start to feel like i'm not the only one who's got a kid who won't do homework i'm not the only one who's got a kid who thinks they're um overweight and they're not and is it leading to uh, an eating disorder that could be really serious right. so ignoring any of these things i mean that's what makes parenting such a challenging and loving and long-term opportunity. I never call it a job. Nobody paid me to be a parent. It was a choice I, I made. And I didn't have to enough. wait for, I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I chose to have a partner who wanted to be my husband and to be a part, to be a parent the way I wanted him to be a parent. He wanted me to be a mother the way. I mean, we, we, we came together as a married couple 40 years ago to do that, to, to make that commitment. We weren't, um, at odds. Some people do it alone and that's fine. They, mm -hmm. they can choose that. I want to be a mom. Now I'm going to adopt. I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to do whatever to have my own child because mm -hmm. I want to be a parent, a mom or dad. And it's great. And I yeah. think that, um, the challenges are real and there, and we need to start making the, um, systems accountable to support the parents. Why is it this parent is saying that the school's not helping me? The tablet's not working. This is not working. I don't have Wi-Fi. And they don't answer my phone because they're overwhelmed with thousands of phone calls. So give the parents a break. You right. know, I mean, everything's not going to go like this. I mean, students in high school, you know, they go class one, class two, class three, class three. Mm -hmm. They go switch to switch to this. And they're much more um, savvy with the computer, right? Mm -hmm. So if they're present and they're there, you know, um, you're talking about a second grader now dealing with the screen and this technology it is, it is really interesting that the schools want to be forgiven for you know hey you guys know we weren't prepared for this we all got thrown into it like you know give us a little room give us some space but you're not doing the same with the parents or the yeah. children like exactly. that's that's not exactly. okay yeah. and they are saying that there were many children who were kind of lost in the shuffle that's right mm. The child didn't have a cell phone. Maybe the parent's cell phone got cut off during COVID right. or the phone number wasn't right and they couldn't reconnect. Um, there are there are kids calling school saying, my mom has COVID and she can't sign the paperwork. Um, how do I pick up my tablet and my my box? Because they're, they're not shipping them. Some school districts were smart and they were able to ship like the materials to the students home, okay? But people moved. And then, um, or you need your parents' signature and they have COVID. Well, uh, uh, they're not coming into the school. They're, they're, they're in the other room and I can't get near them. So who's going to sign for this? And you think, why is it all like electronic, right? right? So a minor can't sign themselves up for school and they can't register themselves. It has to be a major. And that could be the only parent and they're sick. What are you going to do? And so you honestly, to... you gave a, a nice clean version of, of that scenario, but I know uh, from personal and professional experience, because this was my life growing up with my mother and father who were both drug addicts, that there are some children that are so parentified that when they were in the normal, you know, in school situation, they knew how to navigate that. Well, now that their parents are still out here doing whatever they're doing because of the illness of, of drug and alcohol abuse and everything else that comes with that, these children now have 
the, the normal loopholes that they could, you know, use ex as excuses for exactly. why mom and dad aren't there anymore. And now they're being shamed by these circumstances um, because it's not my mom has COVID, right? It's right. My, my mom hasn't been home in a week. That's normal for me. This exactly. is, but now I have to kind of tell on myself because you guys need her to, to sign something or do something in a way that would kind of expose what I've been dealing with to cover my brothers and sisters for so long. Um, and I know that that is significant. The same, with the, you know, the food issues for so many children that normally depend on getting their lunch, their breakfast and lunch from schools and schools are closed and they're not able to get that now. A parent has to come to the rec center to pick up the foods, but the parent wasn't a part of their, their safety in the first place. So now the children are still feeling ousted by that. I think that there's a lot of layers and issues to that. And I'm so grateful that you guys exist and that you're yeah. here and you're offering support because it's the core of what you're offering to your point, the first responderness, making up words today, but the first responderness to the parents is essential, but it also gives some ideas to up and coming, you know, creatives and agencies and innovators that are also trying to figure out other ways to complement and augment the support that you guys get to help the whole family including those kids that don't have parents that they can depend on or that are not in a mental state to be able to make those phone calls even when they need it, right? Well, thank you for sharing about your personal upbringing because I think you're right. I think there are a lot of sketchy situations and where parents are not present and that these kids have survived relatively speaking, and now they need to expose in certain ways that they're not sure how to do it. And does that mean they're going to put me in a foster home like right. 600 miles away from where I live and where my friends are? I I've survived this way. We, we oftentimes do not bring the support in this country to the child, to the woman who's um, in France. You can text the number if you believe you're a victim of domestic violence. They will come and get you and your children and put you in a safe house. In America, we remove your children from you because it's your fault that this person has been beating you up, may even kill you, and uh, we'll deal with you later, and then we'll charge you with um, child abuse. It's called failure to protect. We don't see this as a problem that the person who's getting beat up or terrorized can't control the situation and that we need to help them as a unit, not re remove children. And oftentimes people are saying like homelessness is not a reason to remove children. My thing is forget the reasons. What are you doing to help people? Right. I mean, I became a social worker. You became a social worker because we want to help people. Okay. Right. Now people might not accept the help. Your parents, maybe nobody reached out to them. Maybe they decided all the help that was offered to them, they refused it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they skated, they skated by sort of on the perimeter of things. Other things get really serious when somebody gets hurt. Okay or is caught in some criminal activity. And then it's like, wait a minute, who's home with these children? This person's going to jail, right? Um, and so then the authorities might know about it. But in the ultimate, why aren't we providing those supports? The minute people get pregnant, um, and yes, some people might have not wanted those kids, but maybe mm -hmm. with support they did, maybe all along they're doing okay and they just need a little extra help. Um, obviously getting involved in drugs and alcohol, you need a more effective treatment. You need support. But threatening and 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 blaming and shaming people, it didn't make anybody want to do anything if you right. shamed you for eating that piece of chocolate cake or smoking that crack. I'm sorry. Now, now I'm gonna eat two pieces of chocolate cake because you made me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And in our society, we sort of say, well, that's okay. Well, we can die from being overweight and all kinds of things too. Uh, get diabetes and all kinds of problems. And, and that could be really um, problematic. But I think if you do see somebody who is struggling, um, a lot of people don't mind my business, don't get in my business, stay out of my life. This is my family. We've survived. Um, some kids will do okay. And some, I mean, I, I guarantee you without even knowing you, you had at least two positive childhood experiences, the research is very certain that even people in very negative situations, a um, lot of trauma, that if they have at least one trusted adult in their life and another positive experience, that that can mitigate um, the impact. 
and um, they can go on another trajectory when you would think, well, they don't have any support at home. Are they going to graduate high school? God knows what they're going to do. Are they going to end up on the street? No support, whatever, harmed, hurt. Somebody's going to steal them, traffic them. I mean, it, you know, look yeah. at you. Yeah, a, th a thousand percent. I, I tease people all the time. Like if my life would have went in the other direction, because I say it with a smile and I can say it lovingly, but I'm like, I would have not just worked a couple of poles. I would have owned, I was always meant to be an entrepreneur. So I might have owned the, you know, the champagne room in, across the country with a lot of strip clubs <laughs> and some other things. But I'm definitely, or I would have been in the jail running the C block. Like if right. that was the trajectory of where my life was going. Um, and to your point, yes, I definitely had um, quite a few. I attribute 11 angels that were the mothers wow. at different times of my life. Um, whether it was one time when the neighbor helped me with something or if it was something else, but there were 11 angels at different times of my life. And one of those angels, I married her son. Um, oh. she, he was a parent advisor of a little girls group that I was a part of that I was, you know, holding on to. And she was strong and firm and very serious with me. And my husband and I weren't my husband and I, we were just kids that went to school to, with each other high school um i did have a small crush on him but that's a story for another time he never <laughs> knew it and i was a skinny little girl with a big head i didn't have any shape he was not paying me any attention um not until my senior year when i got into some curves then he was like oh okay let me let me pay attention to this one <laughs> um and we didn't start dating until senior year and obviously i kept him but his mother my mother in love was very much a mother to me years before and stepped up and advocated to me and went to my high school when our counselor was sucky and wasn't helping and she did that all on my behalf and there is there was at that time no blood tie and no reason and even though there were other mothers that is my my mama angel when people say who's your mom i'm like oh my mom she you know we we're not related but his mom is my mom and well, i've been saying forever what you've just said is reaching out and helping other people is yeah. so important. And if you can help a kid during COVID or not in COVID, you see some kids struggling and make suggestions to them and they're related somehow because they go to your child's school mm -hmm. or they go to your church. People need to see that all that adds up. It meant so much to you. I mean, hey, the school counselor says, don't worry, there's really no college for you, and turns around, how many mm -hmm. kids were told that? You yeah. know, you might have exactly. good grades, but I don't think you can afford the applications. You know, That's it turns right. around, screw. That's terrible. Mm -hmm. That's terrible. Every kid should have the opportunity to pursue whatever strengths they have. Trade school, entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. uh, home businesses, college mm -hmm. is not for everybody. Whatever. Right. Yep. And again, somebody was looking out for you. I love that you call them angels. And I think we all need to say, you know, yeah. not our own, just not our own children. In addition to our children, have we helped some other kid? Of course, you know, some kid comes to sleep over and you're thinking like, you know, my daughter's telling me somebody had, somebody attempted, somebody's mother attempted suicide. I'm like, oh my God, this is really serious. And, and the kid was really struggling and, and she looked a little sad and Emma, my daughter asked, could she sleep over? I said, sure. Yeah. You know, and your kids will come home. If you keep that door open of that communication, you know, they end up telling you everything. You're like, everything. Do, I, do I want to know everything? And, you know, I said, okay, no screen here because you never know what that important, um, even when they get older and in their 20s and they're sort of asking you for advice, but they're not really asking for your advice, but they're sharing, you know, it's, Every time my adult children call, I'm like, how you doing? You know, unless I'm in a meeting and I have to text them back because it's an opportunity where they're reaching out to you. Again, they might not be asking for help. They might just be checking. Oh, mom, I wanted to hear your voice. Oh, dad, I'm glad you're around or how you doing or whatever. But usually they have something on their mind that they want to share with you as they yeah. get older. You know, teens and middle school age children. It's like, stay away from me. I'm, I'm, I'm. They don't want anything to do with you, right? Because I'm <laughs> becoming my person, and if I talk to you, I'm not going to be my person. I'm going to be who you want to be, which is not true. But you know, staying involved in your kid's life, you know, even if you don't like their music, you don't like their style. How if it's not harming anybody? Okay, I'm not talking about self mutilation. I'm not oh. talking about things like that. I'm talking about okay, you know. I said to a parent once, what does purple hair do? It just fades. 
you right. know, um, and they use their own money to buy the dye. Okay, so they wasted their money on purple hair. You know, we, you know, in the 60s, people wanted long hair, self-expression, bell bottoms. Mm -hmm. I remember when I tried to wear fishnets and my mother thought that was very risque. And right. you're too young to wear <laughs> fishnets, Lisa. I don't know, sixth or seventh grade. That was the coolest thing. You know, you mm -hmm. have to, could you buy me a pair of fishnets? I'm going to wear them. My mother, was terrible. my mother was European. She thought that was ridiculous, you know. Yeah. But all those things are part of growth and development. I think that as parents, we grow and change too. We're growing and change as a mother, as a woman, as a man. And as our children are growing, we're learning different things, how to deal with this, how to deal with that. You know, it, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, you hit the, parent, the you know. on the head because I was just going to ask you, you know, I have a question that I ask all of my experts. It's one of two scripted questions because our whole conversation for all of you who are listening to the show for the first time, this is completely organic. Dr. Lisa had no idea what questions or, you know, what direction we were going to go other than she knew that it was really important that her message be shared today because I insisted that we do it as soon as possible with everything that was going on. Um, but I do ask every expert two scripted questions. And the first is, how do you give yourself permission to pause? Well, I see myself as a human being first. With pluses, strengths, and areas I need to work on. And therefore, mm -hmm. I know that if I don't slow it down, like close the office door, not come in, not take another phone call, create any kind of... I'm never going to take care of myself and I won't be good for anybody else, let alone wearing myself out. Yeah, I love it. You just literally, you turn it down so that you can turn it up later. You know, exactly. you know, my mind is always special. And my second scripted question, which is the only other question that's scripted is how can people connect with you to find out more? Great. They can call one 855 4272736 they can also go online to live chatus ca parent youth helpline.org you can go listen to a free meditation on youtube under mm -hmm. parents anonymous um, and we will have more on facebook so if you join our facebook page you'll get the announcements for those things um, and you can also email us through our websites and we accept texts at that number also. So you can text us. If we are not open or busy, it'll tell you, we can't accept it right now. And you can either send us an email or text another time. So you don't have to remember what time zone you're in, et cetera. And you know, our message is asking for help is a sign of strength and keep telling yourself. And I keep telling people, keep asking for help. So you get the help you need. And you define that for this child, yourself, um, and don't forget about taking care of yourself. Being selfish is a positive thing. It's really self-care. Selfish kind of got it, you know, well, means you don't care about anybody else. That's not true. Selfishness wow. means that you care about yourself because you will not be there for anybody else unless you do. Exactly. You know, you're speaking my language. I always uh, talk about the Pentecostal bishop who in 1620 created Selfish, and he was specifically talking about women. So that's a whole nother dynamic. But he was the one that got the word in the Webster's Dictionary. And I was like, see, I keep telling y'all really? not to listen to these men. No, let me stop. <laughs> well, again, it's like, I just, I want to make a plug for self-esteem versus self-confidence. You know, self-esteem was created for us to compete with all these other people. Oh, my, my kid's not as cute as that person, or I'm not as successful as that person. Self-esteem was all about measuring yourself with other these people, and people got so depressed. Self-confidence is about set your own road and direction, except uh -huh. they're going to be ups and downs, and move forward because of who you want to be. You can get all these kinds of examples from others, but others are other people who you are and what you can excel in. And a lot of people are still searching. They're trying to search and kids are searching for what is it I want to do. And my father used to have an expression, if it doesn't produce fire in your belly, don't do it. You know, whatever mm. you do, make sure it gives you fire in your belly in a good way, because you should feel it. You should feel this is worthwhile. And then 
in the giving you keep getting because you're going to be putting your outside, whether it's a business, whether it's creating art, whether it's helping another person, whether it's teaching a friend in your classroom how to do that math problem. Like you figured out how to do that tricky math thing. It's like, great. I, I can help other people with that. Hey, you saw some kids struggling. Call them up. Figure out how to reach out to that person and help them. Oh, I love is, it. You're, you're amazing. And I, I love that you, first of all, you answered the call. So let me say thank you for that. Because you answered the call right thank on you. time with everything. You are incredible. I want you all that are listening to make sure that you follow the link in the show notes to get the help that you need. And if you don't need it, because you just feel like you don't need it, or you're maybe not a parent, you know someone who is a parent. And whether they have admitted to you that they are struggling or not, share the information from Dr. Lisa's company on Parents Anonymous. The fact that you can text is genius on so many levels, right? So not everyone's in your business. And live chat. People love live chat because it's not on your phone. That's so awesome. And youth can call us too. If your kid is having a bad day, yeah, dial the number and say, here's somebody you can talk to. You can right. do it for them. And parents are reporting and all our website. Also, we have some young people who did some public service announcements on there and they shared how I called and why I called and how it made a difference that my parents had taken away my PlayStation and I had punishment <laughs> of this and that. And there is a young man and a young woman, not just parents who are telling their story. They're on the YouTube channel, but they're also on the website too. That is perfect. You are such a gift. Thank you so much, Dr. Lisa. Well, thank for you for all that you do. Well, thank you for having Selfish September and as a fellow social worker inviting me and please stay in touch and all your um, listeners, please reach out. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. You as well. Thank you, Balance Bowley listeners. You know the drill. You can make sure that you follow everything at the bottom of the show notes. If you have questions or situations come up, just go ahead and tag me at Ask Nikito on all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, the whole nine. Outside of that, I want you to go create your balance and create your joy, but remember, do it boldly. 